everyone. I'm Rachel here with Ari, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. This week, we're on episode 152, and we're asking, what terms should you know in the writing industry? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and feel free to write a review. Now, before we begin the actual episode, I do want to say that this episode is going to be slightly different from our typical episodes. We're asking what term should you know in the writing industry? And instead of Ari and I going back and forth about, you know, certain vocabulary words, this is going to be a literal vocabulary lesson. And we're just going to go down a list of terms and their definitions. So to begin, we're going to go over some publishing terms. And we will be discussing like self-publishing terms and traditional publishing terms, depending on, you know, which way you want to swing. So first we have agent. An agent is a liaison who advocates for their client, which is the writer, to editors and publishers. They often take a commission from the book's advancement and royalties. Typically, you need an agent in order to pitch to a publisher, but not all publishers require having an agent. Next, we have a bio. Um, most of everybody knows what a bio is, but we'll say it anyway. A sentence, it's a sentence or a brief paragraph about the writer. It may include their work, education, and projects that they're working on in terms of, you know, books, hence author bio. Next, we have comp titles. These are titles of books already in print, preferably published within the past three years, that are realistic comparisons between your work and theirs. These can be used when pitching your work to an agent that you are keeping up with in the marketplace and there is a space for you. Co-publishing is an author and publisher who share publication costs and profits of a book. So it's slightly different from co-authoring a book. Um, I didn't know that co-publishing was a thing, but yes, you can make a deal with your publisher where you split the profits, you know, however you want. I also did not know that was a thing. <laughs> Who knew? I mean, I no. figured that once you're publishing, they, they earn a certain percentage of the royalties anyway. So I don't know if you're splitting the profits 50-50 because you're splitting the publication costs 50-50. I don't really know how it works. But apparently, thing. So there you go. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to carry on. Then we have cover letter. Not always required, but this letter is one that would accompany your manuscript when you're pitching to agents and publishers. This is technically different from the query letter, which we will mention later on. The elevator pitch. Oh, so many people know this because we all hate it. This is a concise pitch of your work that's short and sweet and brief enough to explain during an elevator ride. It's technically meant to be like one, two sentences max that really gets to the meat of your story. And everybody hates writing them. I don't know anyone who likes it. Next, we have evaluation fees. Agents may charge fees to evaluate your book material when pitching to them so that they can decide whether or not they're going to keep you. And then we have exclusive which is required by some agents and publishers. This is where you're not allowed to pitch to anyone else after, sorry. This is where you're not allowed to pitch to anyone else until after this agent or publisher has reviewed and rejected your work. So obviously if you send out and they come back, that's what you have to know about those um, agents and publishers. I think a lot of them put them in their guidelines so you know whether it's exclusive or not. I will mention that a lot of these uh, terms are often mentioned within submission guidelines which you should be reading anyway if you're going to 
uh, pitch your idea to an agent or a publisher. Um, so that's why we're talking about the ter these terms. If you see them, you should know what they mean. If you don't, you can obviously listen back to this episode or Google is your friend. And I do want to say that I did submit an exclusive submission one time for a children's book and their turnabout time was uh, six months. Uh, so I, I submitted my manuscript and then I think about like seven months later, I got a response and it was a rejection. And I opened up the letter and it was like, sorry, we're rejecting this. And I was like, who are you? So uh, keep that in mind. If you do go with an exclusive submission, keep in mind the turnaround time. So then, uh, you know, keep track of where and when you send your submissions. But I'm going to keep on going. And I'll say that our next uh, term is hybrid author. And this is an author that has published via traditional and self-publication. And this could be, uh, I know some authors sometimes self-publish their books and then they get a book deal from a traditional publisher. So it gets published, you know, multiple times. Or they self-publish some books, like one series, and then they go traditionally publishing for like a different series. Then we have joint contract, which is a legal agreement between a publisher and two or more authors establishing divisions of royalties for the book. So this is kind of like co-authoring a book. Then there's marketing fees. Some agents charge a marketing fee to help cover marketing costs of the book. And we have mid-list, which are titles on a publisher's list that are expected to make moderate sales. Not a bestseller, but also not like bottom of the barrel either. That's another one I didn't know, mid-list. <laughs> Me neither. Who knows <laughs> who that publishers had that type of list? Learning everything today. Okay, uh, I'm going to move on with multiple contract. This is when an author signs a book deal with a publisher for multiple books. So obviously, if you're writing a trilogy or a series, you can get a multiple contract that literally covers you for X number of books. It doesn't always have to be for the full series. They might only do it up to like three or four books. And then obviously, as you go along with those, if they're happy, they may extend it. We also have query letter. The query letter is to pitch an idea to an agent or publisher. It should only be about one page long and it introduces you and your writing to the agent and publisher. It's to get them interested in your work and letting them know what you do so that obviously they're more likely to represent you. Self-publishing seems obvious, but we'll just cover it anyway. This is where the author publishes their work, paying for manufacturing, production, marketing, etc. all themselves. They then keep 100% of the royalties, but obviously they also take on 100% of the expenses. That is cover art, editors, formatting, and then they will usually use a third-party production service like Amazon or, um, you know, can't think of any others, like Amazon, and they will obviously sort it all out. And then we have simultaneous submissions. So this is kind of the opposite to exclusive, which I mentioned earlier. And this is where send, you send out the same manuscript to multiple agents or publishers at once. Again, check guidelines because you don't want to be sending out multiple manuscripts to, find, to several um, agents or publishers only to find out that a few of them only want exclusivity. It's quite good to do that. Obviously, send out to multiple if you can. If you can, the only problem is if you get multiple people coming back and accepting, isn't that the dream? You then have to decide who you want to go with. Yeah, that happens so often, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. 
Uh, how are your flashcards doing, guys? I hope uh, I hope uh, you still have some left over because we're still going. Next, we got the slush pile, which are manuscripts sent to a publisher unsolicited. I think it could also technically be unsolicited manuscripts sent to an agent as well. Um, yes, you can unsolicit you can send a manuscript unsolicited to an agent. And I know the point of sending manuscripts to an agent is to get representation. But some agents have such a heavy workload that they only invite authors or, um, you know, writers to submit to them. So, yeah, you got to keep that in mind, too. Fun stuff. Next, we have trade publishing, which is basically mainstream or traditional publishing. Uh, there's also Vanity Press, which is a publisher that expects the author to take financial risks. It's basically the author pays the publisher to publish their book. Finally, we have a launch team, also known as a street team, which is a group of people to promote your book at launch. These can be book reviewers, um, your beta readers, or just like super fans that are anticipating your book release. And you can also give them rewards for helping you market your book at launch. Okay, we're going to move on to copyright terms. <sighs> or at least some of them, because I, I wouldn't surprise me if there was a million, because the idea of copyright is still scary. I'm so, sure there are more, but... This is what we got. <laughs> yep. So the first one is all rights, which is when an author sells all rights of their work. It could be to a publisher, but this isn't typically recommended if there is a reprint value of your work. So yeah, obviously when you write, you automatically get all the rights to your book. You instantly get copyright of your book just for producing it. You don't actually have to register for copyright, at least. I'm talking about this as the UK. Um, you automatically get copyright by having written or produced or created unique work. If you give your all of your rights away to a publisher, well, then you have no rights. That's not good. So you need to be aware of the different type of rights you have as a publisher and what you can and should give away. Okay, as I mentioned, copyright is the legally uh, is what legally protects an author's work. I know in some countries you actually have to register for copyright for it to be like really specific. I don't know if that's a, a thing where it's not real copyright until you've registered. And I know, as I said, other countries where just producing it, it automatically gives you copyright. Obviously, the certain types of protection are stronger, so you need to look in. Always be aware of your own copyright laws for your country because they can be different. And I have heard podcasts and vlogs and blogs talk about copyright like it's this kind of overarching thing. But it is different in each country and how you go about it. So just make sure you go and learn about copyright for your country. <laughs> and then obviously, if you are publishing in other countries, that might also affect, I'm not sure, just be aware. Yeah, because I know like, I mean, you can write the copyright blurb inside your book, um, but that doesn't necessarily protect you unless you actually register the book to be copyrighted. And I know in the United States, you have to pay for that. Um, so just like many things in this world, if you haven't paid for it, it's probably not legit. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, and I say, I think in the UK, automatically get copyright just for the fact you produced it. But obviously registered copyright gives you those extra protections where you, it's because you've registered it, you already have it logged. Whereas obviously if you haven't registered it, 
then it comes across as like, well, you have to prove that you produced it first if somebody else produces, you know, recreates it. Okay, we're going to go on to electronic rights, secondary rights relating to multimedia formats of your work. Because obviously there's different formats. You've got paper copies, hard copies, electronic copies. So there is a specific electronic rights. Again, this could mean that you keep the electronic rights of your book if you're a hybrid author and you did self-publishing, but then you give, all, uh, you give away other rights to the publisher for hardback copies and things like that and then we have fair use which allows short passages from copyrighted materials to be used without infringing on the owner's rights that's another one of those where if you're going to do it you might want to double check how short or long that passage has to be before you've infringed next we have film rights which is every writer's dream right uh, this is when the agent or author sells the rights of their book to the film industry so that it can be made into a movie or TV show. And that is a whole other can of worms as well. But in a nutshell, that's what film rights are. Next, we have foreign rights. And that is the translation or reprint rights sold to other countries and territories. Uh, so if you want your book to be translated into other languages, then you would need to like get foreign rights. We also have one-time rights, and this allows the book to be published once, and then the author can reprint it how and wherever they want without violating the contract. And this is a good thing to have if you get traditionally published and your book just suddenly, you know, dips in sales and the publisher like breaks up with you or your agent breaks up with you, uh, then they can pull the book off the shelves, but you still have the right to self-publish it yourself or go through another publisher. And finally, we have reprint rights, and this just allows the republishing of a book after it's initially published. So it's similar to one-time rights, but different for some reason. I got to be honest, I didn't look that further into that. I just, I wrote the definition, and um, so you're welcome. <laughs> I think when it comes to rights and copyright, it's a bit of a legal minefield at times because I know a lot of people just have this idea. It's like, oh, copyright. And it's like, yeah, but there's so many. I mean, we've, we've mentioned a few. There are probably more. And if you are going with a traditional publisher or if you really feel like you have to go with a vanity press, you know where I, can, where I feel about that, and you have a contract, you need to be really careful with what you read and make sure you get legal representation. Don't just go, oh, my God, someone's publishing my book. Sign. You need to make sure that your rights are being protected. I'm not saying that there are unscrupulous traditional publishers or vanity presses out there, but there are. And you don't want to end up losing rights that you might want later, especially if you do end up pulling away from that traditional publisher for whatever reason. It could be amicable. You want to have rights that you are protected so that you aren't struggling with that. So, yeah definitely if you are signing contracts ever and i mean ever with anything get legal representation this is not my legal advice this is just general advice i am not a lawyer so you can't sue just protect yourself we don't want you to get you know taken advantage of yeah ultimately you have to do your research again google is your friend but it definitely pays in the long run to hire a lawyer and get legal advice on this kind of stuff. So yeah, listen to Ari, but again, we're not lawyers. So, but yeah, I'm pretty sure there are more like copyright and legal terms that we can discuss 
Um, but that's all we could come up with at this time. Maybe we'll do a, a bonus episode on Patreon and like discuss it further um, at some point. I'm not really sure. Uh, but I do want to end the episode with like some quick abbreviations that you should know. So if you ever see ARC or ARC, this means advanced reader copy or eARC is an electronic advanced reader copy for eBooks. And most people know that it's all around the internet. Um, actually, a lot of these, most of you guys will probably know, but we'll touch upon it any anyway. POD is print on demand. And that, what does that mean? How do I explain that? It means rather than printing several books and then having them stacked up and then you send them out, you only a, a book only gets printed as and when it's needed, like how Amazon does it. Yeah, exactly. Like what Ari just said. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> and then there is also SASE, which is self-addressed stamped envelope. And oftentimes if a publisher or an agent requires a hard copy of your manuscript, you'll also need to include a self-addressed stamped envelope because that's what they'll send your, like sometimes they'll just recycle your manuscript or they can send the manuscript back to you or to mail your acceptance letter or your rejection letter. They don't want to get that envelope and they don't want to pay for the postage. So, you know, you're basically paying for your own rejection. Uh, TOC, table of contents, we all know that one. There's also USP, which is unique selling position. It's basically what makes your work stand out from others within the market. So it's it's like a selling point when you're pitching your book idea. There's also DRM, which is digital rights management, and that's a software to allow books to appear online without being pirated. And finally, we have ISBN, which is, stands for International Standard Book Number, and it's what all books have uh, to basically identify themselves. So again, all of those terms, there's way, way more like terms for us to know in terms of like the writing industry as a whole. And I know some of these terms you've probably already knew. Ari and I learned something new today. I don't know if any of you guys did. If you did, let us know in the comments. So with that said, we're gonna turn it over to you guys now. Which terms did we miss? because we know there's more. Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat. And remember, we do release a new episode every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing the As You Know Bob trope. To ensure you don't miss that, hit the subscribe button on your way out. And as always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer Podcast. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Writing Distractions. We're stalling on our whips. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.